I will paddle you. Oh, can I get some of that? Yes. Uh, you have the paddle. That's a little much. I'll take I'll take some leather. Oh, I'll take yeah. leather. You're the kinkier now. But no, dude, as soon as <laughs> as soon as I, <laughs> I get some leather and rub on. Oh no. God, it's a different pain. I don't know how to describe it. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycle. <laughs> 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 Coming to you from Recycle Garage, sunny Santa Cruz, California. Yeah, living up yeah. to its name. Ooh, man. Is that window open, man? It's warm in here. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like summer already. It was winter yesterday and summer today. Hey, everyone. This is Liza. we got a lively crowd and um, yeah, some new new names and, and faces here and new topics. I'm excited. Sure? There's a lot to be excited. There's there's a lot of excitement going on out in the garage. I just mojo. walked away from too. You were glowing today. You were uh, glowing. I think I think the highlight was when the electric wackadoos had their shit show <laughs> go on. Oh my! Let me get to who is here joining us from. Uh, well, this is the first time you've been here in person. In the first room. time in person, a uh, long time listener, first time caller. It's Mason uh, from Minneapolis. Don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> don't you know, hey, Mason? <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you joined us on some of the Zoom calls when That's we were right. doing that. It's real nice to be back and, in the studio. And Mason is riding a glorious Super 10. It's blown my mind. It's been a really, really fun bike to Do ride. Do you know that? It's one of my favorite bikes. Really? Oh, God, yeah. I think they're just the cats meow. I dare say capable, because every time I looked in my rearview mirror <laughs> through the mountains today, <laughs> there he was. But I, it is a big man's bike. I will say that. It's 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 a handful. It's not for feeble women like me. I just admire them from afar. You just like Harleys. <laughs> <laughs> and vintage triumphs. Yeah. And running the board tonight, it's Stumpy John. What's up, everybody? I'm happy. I'm back, and I got wait to show you my new tattoo. It says "potato potato" on my belly because <laughs> <laughs> I was in Daytona. <laughs> Oh my word! I wanted to say tater tot, tater tot, tater tot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had tater tots here today. Oh, and, yeah. Um, me and Megan was here with the babies. Wait, right? Oh, oh those tater them. tots. Yeah. One, um, Elliot is a screamer and a door slammer. That's mm-hmm. his phase right now. He tried yeah. to jump on the back of oh, Chris's boy. van when he was leaving on the bike rack, and Megan pulled him off, and he threw a fit. <laughs> I know. And you know, That's I would like to share with John. Yeah. Not only does he have potato, potato on his belly. He has a rutabaga and a carrot tattooed on his bottom. <laughs> what is a rutabaga? I don't even know what that is. It's a, it's a vegetable. <laughs> it's a vegetable. Of course you wouldn't know. Of course. And that is That's the... something to eat in Minneapolis, I think. <laughs> and that is the dulcet tones of Miss Emma. Aloha, darlings. I am Miss Emma, and I like both leather and rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Uh stop it bagel you stop that right now no don't bagel just looks guilty he just looks no don't don't say i know nothing okay also joining us on the classy girl couch uh, wondering what kind of a shit show he's coming to it's greg well Greg here from Gilroy Motorcycle Center. I yeah. thank you for bringing me on. Yeah. Uh, to be completely honest, it's actually one of my very first podcasts. Ooh. Really? So 
Yeah. Wow. One yeah. of your very or the very. Well, the first one doesn't count. I was pretty hammered, so it doesn't. Count. <laughs> okay. It just, I don't even remember half of it. So. So you're not quite a virgin. You're just a half virgin. Uh, you, exactly. Did you wake up with a rutabaga tattoo? <laughs> 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 so. Oh, and joining oh. us back from the desert, it's Naked Jim. Yeah, let the desert desiccate my bones. God, you love it out yeah, there. Yeah, we're all stardust, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know I took way too much peyote. <laughs> oh, oh, and then everyone's favorite ginger, of course, it's bagel. Glad to be joining you in spite of technical difficulties. Yes, we, we got through it. Um yeah, pills yeah. for that. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bagel's got technical difficulties in his underpants. It's the first time, bagel. honest. <laughs> never happens. Swear this never happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it never. It's too bad you don't remember the last podcast, Greg. But I'm guessing it wasn't anything like this. It was very, very. He's going to try to forget yeah. this, this one very, too. Very I'm completely sober for this one, so <laughs> you might want to. You might want to be drunk on this one too. So, where's the tequila? Oh, we got so, beer, man. So we got so we got so much to talk about. But the reason that we invited Greg to come on is I want to talk about the industry. It has changed so much. I mean, I mean, you've been in the industry for the last what 120 years. Stop and it. <laughs> and it has changed dramatically. Well, we don't sell steam engines anymore, no, darling. And wood wheels, right? Do you Are have you wood wheels? Wheels? <laughs> oh, wheels weren't invented when I yeah. started in the <laughs> industry, darling. Yeah, they were still square. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one thing that uh, really hasn't ever changed um, is motorcycle theft. Yes. And actually, we have a new sponsor that I want to announce. Um, this week, our episode is brought to you by Sizzap. Faux shizzle. Faux shizzle. Sizzap. That's an Amish phrase for don't steal my shit. No. Sizzap <laughs> is pretty cool. It's not even an app, as it implies. It's a, it's a motorcycle track tracker and a rider's mate. Sizzap is a monitoring device without a contract, so there's no monthly fees. And there are so many features that it does. Um, it gives your vehicles real-time location, battery level control, so you can always know what your battery level is from the app on your phone, trip history list, um, hits and crashes notifications for people who keep their bikes out on the street or in a parking mm. garage. I mean, how many times people come out and their bike has been tipped over and they didn't know? Mm-hmm. This would tell you right away. Towing detection, but also route sharing with friends, group riding and event planning. It's basically, it's a GPS, it's a little GPS box that plugs into your your bike in the on the battery, and it senses if the bike has been moved or bumped or anything. It gives you a, a warning right away, but also if your bike is stolen, you can track it, see where it's going. We don't have that problem as much here, but I see people in the city, in San Francisco, Posting all the time in our forums about bikes that are stolen. Okay. Yeah, and San Jose too. Any sprawling metropolis, it's a problem with bike theft. So get uh, yourself one of these. When they find it, does it shoot out glitter and all that kind uh, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, the tweak- tweakers love to steal bikes in Boulder Creek too. So. Oh, in, in England, <laughs> it's a huge problem. Yeah, what's, no, up with that? what's up with the UK bike theft thing? It's not huge true. Problem. Nobody breaks a law in England. Yeah. Honest, Gov. <laughs> um, um, no, it's it's the same deal as everywhere. It's snotty little teenagers who've got nothing better to do than steal bikes. 
cut the bloody hands off, I say. Well, it's a huge bastards. business. I know a lot of people have them stolen out of their, their parking garages, in fact. Right. Um, so, Sizzap, it's S-I-Z-Z-A-P-P. Um, they have a 15% discount for anyone who wants to buy. And there's a discount code. It's MM15. Motorcycles and, uh, and Misfits. To get your 15% off from the standard price of, it's it's priced in euros because it's a European company. It's about $214 US, but again, you have no monthly fees. Once you own it, you own it. Less than the cost of a Honda battery. So, <laughs> Sizzap. Oh, that was, oh, that hurt. It's brilliant, oh. very easy to use. It only takes 30 seconds to install on your bike, and I highly recommend it. So go check out Sizzap.com, S-I-Z-Z-A-P-P.com. Shiz up, fo shiz up. Yeah. So, <laughs> my new dog rip recommended. <laughs> oh my God. There's a new slogan Shiz up for shiz up. And you get a new new bottle of the new strain of motorcycles and misfits weed with it. No. Oh my <laughs> word. Um, but for no, I, I was really glad that they approached us because that is a product that I can uh, appreciate. Um, as somebody who, I mean, we've had many bikes stolen, but I've I been know. fortunate enough not to have any big bikes stolen. But again, I see people all the time um, in, in major cities who have to park on the street. They don't have an option. Right. And it happens. And, you know, the I know people who've had their bikes stolen. They even found where it was and called the police. And the police don't have the time to concern right. themselves. Well, everybody's under- Just deal with your insurance right. company. Everybody's understaffed, <laughs> including the police. I've had a bike stolen many, many years ago, and it just leaves this hole in your heart. It's, yeah. it's awful. So anything you can do to prevent that, fine by me. I mean, I think everyone listening gets it. Our bikes are like our kids in, in some way. It's not just property, you know. It's it's more than that. So when, you know, it, it's touched, Lighter. you want to know. Your kids need a bath. <laughs> 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 they stink. So let's talk. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about the industry, you guys. Um, Greg, you. Uh, so you own Gilroy Motorsports Motorcycle Center. Motorcycle Center. Yep. Which we recently reported uh, visiting there and being excited because you've moved into new digs. Yeah, very large new dig. In fact, when we did our tour you yes. may not know this so we did a tour of motorcycle shops for our podcast and then did a report and yours was one of the shops at the old location which um i mean we we like your guys one of the things i always like do they have a couch to sit on check do they offer you any beverages or snacks yeah, I think we were offered coffee. Right? Yes, yeah. coffee. I'm like one. check. Yeah, coffee's big. And, That's like and two checks. Are you coffee. are you acknowledged when you come in the door? You know, right? And it's like, yep, check, 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 check. Great to hear. But you guys were like the Winchester Mystery Mansion. Oh, the shop. old location. Yeah, <laughs> the it old was lo- that place used to be what, what two, three different motorcycle shops. Right. Previous owner literally bought them out one by one and then blew a hole through each wall. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was like the Winchester Mystery, you know, house. You didn't know where you were going. Next thing <laughs> no. you know, you're like, here's a door, here's a walkway. You know, the next thing you know, you're outside in the back. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on, Lida, you tr- sat down at a microphone that is not plugged in. But if you grab that mic cord right there. Yes. Plug it in. So joining us is Lila. Just shout hi. Hey. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, sorting that out. Um, let's talk about, let's cover uh, your shop. So you, you've been running it five years. What lines do you carry? Uh, 
<laughs> Which ones do we not carry? We start yeah. off with just the, the four Japanese brands. You get uh, Yamaha, Honda, Suzuki, and Kawasaki. Uh, 2018, we brought in KTM, Husqvarna. Then we brought in Royal Enfield. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I'm, I know I'm missing a few more. Oh, uh, Gas Gas. Gas Gas, I was uh, We say. brought in, uh, recently brought in Can-Am and Sea-Doo. Yeah. And uh, then specialized e-bikes. Um, so I, I haven't been to the new location, but I did. I, I was telling you earlier, I bought my very first brand new motorcycle mm-hmm. from Gilroy yeah. Motorcycle Center, which is great. Yeah, we can. I'm the service. Everything was top notch there. But the one thing you talk about what they carry. When I walked in the door, I was like in dirt bike nirvana. <laughs> a, you yes. guys had good inventory. I don't know if we timed it right with everything going on, but it was just like. KTM's, Husqvarna's, Honda's. It was like, I am in the land of dirt bike. Hang on. I'm going to share something about me that you don't know. When I was fresh off the boat, I walked into a lead technician's job at San Luis Obispo Motorsports for a lovely man called Steve Myrick. Ah. This is 30 years ago. We sold Sea-Doo's. And my God, when you sell Sea-Doo's, that is a line unto itself because you need some real estate to sell those things. Not just real estate, but the headache that goes along with it. And you need a water tank. Oh. You need fuel testers. It's a world into itself. So I was really excited to see you taking that on. Yeah, that was a big one that uh, when we took on Can-Am, they asked us to take on sea and one of my biggest questions was like, I'm not going to take it on unless I can do the full kit and caboodle. Right. And I'm talking not just the you know selling part, but I want to be able to prep them properly and uh, service them. And to do that, we needed a tank. So right. as of just, just last week, our tank was finished. It's semi. We still need to do a couple more things, but we finally have an actual service tank that we can actually service these things on. Now, have, I don't know what Sea-Doo do now. Back in the day... They did a range of about 10 personal watercraft, single-seaters, two-seaters, three-seaters. And then I vividly remember one day this 21-foot speedboat showed up with two Sea-Doo engines in it. Now, back then, it was the Rotax two-strokes, the two-cylinder two-strokes. And this had twin two-cylinder two-strokes in it. Do they still do anything like that, or are they still all just about the watercraft? So as far as the Sea-Doo's, no. They, 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 they move on more into the pontoon boats. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Are we talking about <laughs> pontoon boats all of a sudden? They did. Oh, yes. they, really- they, grew, they expanded into the pontoons. They came out with what's called the Switch. It's basically built off of uh, two Sea-Doo's, the engines and compartments, built onto a pontoon style. It's, uh, they're p- selecting certain dealers which ones are going to come out and sell them. Of course, my, my, my brother threw in the hat for our shop, and I'm nice. like, oh, please, it's going to be a headache. But exciting. All right, and I also have to ask. Sure. You have e-bikes. Yes. Mm. But not e-bikes. Electric motorcycles. Yes, because that is a whole other beast in and of itself when it comes to the servicing. Oh. Emma, tell them about the hook. Do you know about the hook? I've heard about it. <laughs> the hook. <laughs> well, yeah, I, the best part about being a Harley Lifewire dealer is you have to buy the service kit to service the live wire. True. And the best piece of service kit to service the live wire is the 18-foot-long fiberglass <laughs> boat hook. So you can pull the technician who's being electrocuted off oh, the bike. And I've seen the hook. I and it's a it. mighty piece of tackle, let me tell you. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, the, the e-motorcycle markets is... It's a lot of money to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, KTM asked us to bring on their KTM Freeride, their electric motor dirt bike. Oh, that was. But a- it was a 
$75,000 investment. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right, but right. With no guarantee, no, you know, refunds on, and you had to order 10 bikes. Oh. That, you know, full pop at 10, 12, 13 grand right. a piece. So uh, it was a it was a hard nut nut to swallow, but no, thank you. And truthfully, Greg, I think within the next five years, all of the Japanese four are going to have at least one electric motorcycle in their range. I would agree with you. Um, <clears throat> you know, we can just wait and see what happens with that. I know uh, Husqvarna, for example, is is test testing a electric Vitpillin. No. Yeah. Oh, that could be fun. And uh, probably going to hit the European market first. And then they'll probably bring it over to right. the states. I'm I'm glad you said that first because I keep calling it the pit villain. I cannot. So vit vit pillin. It means uh, white arrow in oh. Swedish. I'm so glad I don't fit on that thing <laughs> because it seems just wicked. It has to be yeah. one of those wicked looking yeah. motorbikes around. So so let's talk about the industry. I mean, it like I said uh, with Emma, it's changed so much. We used to have. I mean, when I moved here, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we had every dealership here. We, I mean, between here and Watsonville, we had two Harley dealerships, BMW, couple Honda, Yamaha. We had Triumph, Ducati. We even had a Vespa dealer at one point here. They're all gone. Right. All of them are gone. And now we have to go over to San Jose or down to Monterey or over to Salinas. I won't deal with them. Or Gilroy. <laughs> right. Well, I think a lot of that stems from the 08 recession. Because mm-hmm. like I said, you said you had all these single-line dealers that were around before 08. But after 08 and all the way up until about 2011, it was about the peak of the recession, was that about 38% of the dealerships, single-line dealerships, went away, unfortunately. Or they were bought up by the bigger you know, dealerships and combined under one roof. Now, you didn't own the dealership at the time, no, but it not. existed. What did they do to survive? So, for example, uh, so Steve Schaub, one of the... But, you know, most genuine, honest guys I've ever met in the industry. Uh, in 08, the morning w- that the market crashed, by the end of the day, he had laid off three quarters of his staff. And everybody called him crazy. Wow. Like, you know, I think you're jumping the gun here. We don't know what you're doing. But instead, it actually saved his dealership. You know, he was able to, you know, see the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. And he weathered the storm. And all the way up until when he sold us the dealership in, t- in fall 2017, so if it wasn't for him, you know, that, that, that thing would have gone away a long time ago. But, you know, let's be honest with you, Greg. When you bought that dealership in 17, the market wasn't all gas and gators no. then and wine and roses. You bought in to a troubled market. Correct. So the, the, the biggest hurdle that we had to get over, the first thing we, we did when we got in there was, to first you figure out, A, you have to figure out the industry from the dealer perspective because i've been a you know lifelong motorcycle rider since uh, I, I learned how to ride a dirt bike before i learned how to ride a bicycle that yeah, type of thing that's how it should be but yeah you know all my siblings i've got 11 siblings we all did the same thing good lord what? big family yeah really a big, big family so it was always you know yeah competing a lot of competition <laughs> okay so but uh, first thing we had to figure out was just figure out that perspective from the dealership and most of the issues that I saw was, how do you get people through the door? But, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Might we have any relatives in common in Salt Lake City? Eh, it might be possible. My family's okay. huge. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got like 70 first cousins. <laughs> okay. So it's quite possible. Wow. All right. We'll see. Yep. Um, so you you came in to this dealership. And I mean, this would it'd be insulting to call it a boutique dealership. But it wasn't what... When I was talking to Mason earlier, I when I go travel and you go into these what I call these like super centers, right? 
where they got everything. They just call it the motorcycle shop. All of our surviving motor shop, motorcycle shops, even you know the ones like you know Santa Clara, the ones that you know that yep. Jim loves or that we go to, they're not that big, right? They, they couldn't be to survive. And how much of that is the real estate? I'd say quite a bit, because yeah. at the same time you have to have the product on the floor if you want to sell it. But so. I mean, the real estate here is so freaking. Oh, it's expensive. Massive, massive, and it, incredibly expensive. You wanted to buy an acre here in San Jose, you're, or over in San Jose, you're going to spend two million. Yeah, actually, at least. Greg, could we talk? Because this is a concept I've tried to explain to people outside the industry, and it's very, very hard concept. Would you explain flooring charges? Ah. And how it works and what it costs to have, say, 200 bikes on the floor. Got it. There you um, go. Actually, where do I begin? <laughs> so first and foremost, let me put it this way. Nobody's got two million bucks sitting in their pocket these days. If you do, you're in the wrong industry. <laughs> but at the same time, so what you do is you sign up with these banks, you get a line of credit. Uh, well, for example, Wells Fargo is our biggest, uh, biggest creditor. They, we go to KTM. KTM, for example, because they're our biggest. They... Sell us a bike, we buy it with our line of credit from Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo puts a lien on that bike, per se, and uh, they'll give us maybe 90-day free flooring, which means we're not going to pay any interest on that bike for at least 90 days. If we sell it before that 90 days, there's no interest, period. After the 90 days, though, if we haven't sold it, we start to accumulate interest and pay it on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. So depends on you know how many bikes that you have. It's all per bike, too. It's not just one chunk. It's... And I assume that's based on Prime, so if everything goes a little nuts... Correct, but the interest rates are really, 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 really low. So they're proportionate to the dollar amount that you're loaning. So most of these things, like, for example, our typical KTM or something like that is only seven to Mm $10,000. So you're paying interest on just that Mm -hmm. per month. So, but combine that with call it five hundred bikes. Yeah, you might be paying two, three, four, five thousand bucks a month. Right. So you guys managed to survive. And five years ago, you took it over, and you were just maintaining. I think sales were sales were okay. Yeah, so you, put it this way: uh, when we first took over, average number of sales was anywhere between twenty-five and thirty-five a month. Which so was scaled to the business correct at the that, time that you had. Yep. Then COVID hit. Ooh, COVID. Let's talk about that because, um, I mean, this this affected business in so many ways. Oh yeah. And many say that COVID helped save the motorcycle industry because for, for many of us, I would definitely we were that. extremely concerned. The motorcycle industry had, had definitely changed before that. Um, it was no longer the shops you could go and hang out at and knew the guy right. in the service department and went to go try on stuff, not blaming the dealerships. Everything changed with buying online, and, and, and I, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it has to evolve. But So when COVID hit, what was that like for you guys? Well, when COVID first hit, I was fuck. <laughs> Excuse my language, <laughs> but uh, honestly, it was one of those things where one COVID you can never plan for it. There's there's nothing right. that you could plan for in that situation whatsoever. Um, so we're going back now, Greg, to like what March March 2020. March 2020. Yep, and we got the news, and you just got to shutter your doors. Uh, yeah, well, that was the question. It was like, what do you do? Because there was so much that you did not know about what was going on. Um, I waited two weeks before I really did anything with any of my staff. Um, a couple of my older employees were kind of going like, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to stay home." It's like, no problem. Uh, but I think it was about two weeks after that, I laid off or furloughed 
three quarters of my staff. Okay. And I went down to a five-man crew, including myself, and kind of you know, carried on for a little bit and everything tanked. Sales, parts, service, everything tanked for probably about three, four weeks after that until end of April, beginning of May, it, it just shot through the roof. We still have not done those numbers. It, it did the exact opposite. Uh, we sold the most bikes in the month of May, May 2020. Have not been able to do that since. Uh, can't tell you how many times I got phone calls from people. Hey, I just got my stimulus check in the mail. I'm ready to buy that bike. And I kept asking myself, what is going on here? Why, why, why are people, they got a stimulus check. Why are they doing it? They're stuck at home. They got nothing else to right. do, mm-hmm. period. They, they've been either laid off or they've been working from home and they are bored. Jim, do you remember that period? That's when you and I were like, let's go explore on our bikes. Right. That's when we rented an RV. And no, no, to, before that, though. Oh, even before Remember we that, yeah. got on the dirt bikes and we oh, went, yeah. everyone is on lockdown. It was so weird. And we went and explored yeah. and there were like, animals in the streets yeah and turkeys stuff. everywhere <laughs> yeah. and deer and all the it stuff was, yeah it was it was, it was crazy and yeah. we had some very interesting conversations here at the misfits because we all wanted to ride and you know the peculiar thing about biking or the best thing about biking you're part of this very very clicky community and it's a very very close community but ultimately it's a very selfish pursuit it's just you and your bike which is what made it ideal for covid mm-hmm. yeah But we had these very existential conversations that, look, the hospitals are full of people on life support. Should we even ride our bikes in case we get into a wreck and kind of add to the problem? But in the end, we kind of, screw it, let's just ride carefully. And we Mm -hmm. were riding at, what, 70% for a long time. Kind of we said, let's go Mm -hmm. ride, but let's dial it back, ride like 70%, take it easy, but... Let's go out there and explore. And it saved but, my sanity. Oh, God. But, so I'm sure it was a huge boom for you because now oh. all these people wanted bikes. And one of the things you have to do when someone comes in, somebody who's new to riding, as many were, mm-hmm. you have to match them to the right bike. Oh, yeah. And having a knowledge of somebody's personality and needs and such is important in matching them to the right bike. In fact... <laughs> That leads us into our game. Ooh. Are you guys okay. ready for this? I have brought in a special guest who's joining us now. We got Lynn Biggs here. Hi, Lynn. How are you? Hey, how are you guys? There she is. <laughs> Aloha, darling. All right. You guys might be <laughs> she curious. She snuck in. She snuck in. I'm like, Where, who is that? That is a stretch booster rider <laughs> if ever I saw one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, well, there goes the game. So Lynn actually won in a raffle the opportunity to come on our show. What? Wow. Yes, we were a prize in a Rev Sisters raffle. That was second prize. The first prize. Look at at the shirt she's wearing. I see it. Oh. Very nice. So (laughs) second prize was a chance to appear on our show. First prize was never having to appear on our show. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, you know, what a great game, especially with Greg being here, somebody who needs to know and understand what is the right bike for somebody. And I thought, what a great game we could play with Lynn in that you guys have to guess what bike she rides. Now, here's the deal. We're going to give you a little bit of a bio, a little bit of a background. So, Lynn, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, 
And um, you're kind, you have a family, I believe, you ride with? So I grew up in Ohio, and I live in uh, Marietta, Georgia. That's Mayretta by the Big Mayretta, Chicken. By the Big Chicken. <laughs> right. <laughs> About a mile from the Big Chicken. Yeah. And um, I'm married, and um, we're just... We just have fun riding around. So I'm going to give you a now. Do you and your husband ride the same bike? No. Okay. Now, how long have you been riding? I've been riding since 2014. Okay. Um, We are going to take a chance. We're going to go around the room and everyone gets to ask a personal question. (laughs) And then you get a guess of what bike Lynn rides. Now I know what what bike she rides. So John, let's start with you. So I can ask her a question, right? Yeah, any question. Can I ask her what type of bike she prefers? You cannot ask her that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but you can ask her about you the can type ha- of riding she yeah, does. Yeah, do you prefer street riding or dirt riding? A street. All right. Do you want to have a guess? SV650. All right. No. No. Okay. Bwomp, bwomp. Next up, Emma. Hey, Lynn. It's kind of a it's it's a single question, but it's how tall are you, Ooh. and are you kind of long torso, short leg, or long leg, short torso? I'm five eight, and I'm long torsoed. <laughs> so short legs five eight. So okay. okay, got it. What you have a guess? Sportster. <laughs> No. no. Okay. All right, Greg, you're up. Um, <clears throat> riding, do you prefer comfort or speed? Ooh, good question. <clears throat> like he's a dealer or something. I think comfort, if it had to be a choice. I guess I'm thinking cruiser. Vulcan 650? Mm, good guess. No. No. All right, Jim. Would you take um, shrimp and grits or fried okra? <laughs> uh, fried okra. Uh, okay, yeah, right. that's it. You're, I, I say the F, uh, the GS eight hundred and fifty Adventure, Ooh, BMW eight hundred and fifty. Oh, nice. That's out of that one. <laughs> no. Oh, no. All right, I had it. Lila, um, I was going to ask if you like to have any versatility for where you could ride, even though you prefer street. Excellent question. Yes. You do. Mm-hmm. Well, that changes my <laughs> guess. Just name a bike. Just name. Well, a I was going to guess Triumph Bonneville, but now it feels less accurate. Negatory. No. Okay. She's keeping it close to the vest. I know. She's. A, you're a poker player. Right? I know. Well, uh, Mason, you want to take a guess? Sure. Um, do you ride alone or in groups quite a bit? Mostly um, with my husband. Okay. I like where Jim's head was at. I'm going to go maybe V-Strom 1000. Mm. No, that's actually the bike he had. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you guys along. <laughs> um, first thing is she actually has two bikes. Okay. So we were so you're trying to extra guess wrong. One of the two. <laughs> we were trying to guess one of the two. But I'll tell you that they're both the same brand. Okay. So, and then I'll ask a question that might be helpful. 
Um, what kind of bike does your husband ride? Didn't she just say that? Very well, strong. Fashion. He used to. Used to. Oh, yeah. used to. Oh, oh. Um, my husband has two bikes as well. <laughs> um, he has a, um, I don't know, 2016 Triumph um, Street Triple. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Speed Triple. I always get those mixed up. <laughs> it's a Speed Triple. And then he also has a Triumph um, a Street Scrambler. It's a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. All right, John, you're up. If you were to visit anywhere on your next vacation, where would it be? Well, actually, on our next vacation, we're doing the Blue Ridge Parkway. Awesome. Mm. Wow. Got to guess? CBX 500. Mm. Mm, that's a good one. No. Mm. All right, Emma. Hello, Lynn. Hello. Would you, would you describe you and your husband as Anglophiles? Mm, yeah. Well, not well. Yes, yeah. I think that'd be fair. That would be fair. However, <laughs> I don't think you ride a British bike. Although you're breaking my heart by not doing so. Versus six fifty. Actually, that's like one of the bikes I looked at, but I did not get that one. Oh, so I'm the closest thus far. Um, and actually, I forgot Bagel. I'm sorry. So Bagel gets. Two right now. He's dying right there. She Go doesn't it, ride you a get scoot- two. She doesn't ride a scooter, Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have to ask questions. Uh, you're muted, Bagel. <laughs> there you go. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not a scooter, but um, are your bikes made by Kawasaki? Oh, see now he's getting smart with the questions. No, oh, I thought you I didn't could, know you I could ask couldn't that. do that. Yeah. I thought it was like, do you like well, peanut butter or oh. jelly? Well, add the brand. <laughs> All right. No, well, we're having mm. no luck so far. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. Right. No, he gets another question. Then, yeah, okay, Bagel. Okay, then are, are your bikes made by Honda? No. Oh, damn it. Ooh. We just went over that rule. All right. Go ahead. Was go. that not? No, uh, I'll, I'll allow it because you guys haven't gotten oh, yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, was, I was going to right. make 700. And I have no guesses. Then. Yeah. Bagel special. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the versatility question, do you like to, to ride on the street and then uh, fire roads yes oh. yeah what, what? The tiger 800 oh. that's what i was gonna say oh, very, no. you guys are getting closer all right jim klr 650 no no question oh all right and lila africa twin no all right and mason tiger 900 no. God, this feels so okay. close though. <laughs> it's, it's right so there. So I'm gonna say so far in this <laughs> I have a guess. room so far in this room, I would say that Lila has come the closest, but I won't say on which guess. Definitely the second guess. Definitely oh. not. Definitely not. All right. Wait, you ride a Triumph Scrambler. She's just trying to throw me off. You ride a Triumph Scrambler. Twelve hundred scrambler. Oh I was I was just gonna guess that. <laughs> Bagel got it. <laughs> Bagel got it. You guys were, were so the twelve hundred. The, the triumph did feel right, but so the street. I have the street twin. I got my street twin. I mean, my street scrambler before he got his street scrambler. They're so very good bikes, indeed. And your other bike is a um, Trident six sixty. Oh, oh nice. wow! Nice. Oh wow! Oh god! You and your husband are such anglophiles. <laughs> she was <laughs> loving <laughs> it. I, I was looking that for sure when he got that. Oh, she's on yeah, the, the bottom bill. I thought you had me when you guessed the bottom bill. I know. 
Well, I mean, and that that is a good match. No, I think it's a it's an absolutely perfect match. And 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 Lynn, I I love that you do a lot of the writing with your husband and have similar bikes. Um, did did he get you into writing or? Yeah, so he um he's written you know he's he's ridden all his life dirt start off in dirt bikes and then um we got married and then he bought the V Strom and then um when I turned fifty I kind of dared myself to um, take the MSF class mm. and um, just to see if I even would like it I had no idea if I would like it or not um, but then I just kind of fell head over heels and so i love riding those those scramblers are on my someday list they're cool looking bikes yeah they are cool. solid and what let me ask what is going to be your next bike um that's a good question i just got the six six i just got the trident and i'm just Really, really loving the Trident. You know, maybe something itty bitty will be the next one. You know, it's like all these little, little bikes or, or an electric bike. I test rode a, um, I test rode a Zero, mm-hmm. and that was just spectacular. That was so much fun. Did you hear that, Greg? Did you I hear did. That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zeros are a lot of fun. So much, so much fun. But you uh, know that that six sixty Trident. Price point on that is just unbeatable. You're getting just a sophisticated European bike for Japanese money. It's brilliant. It is. It's 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 so much fun. And it doesn't. I kind of like it more than the Scrambler. Right. And it doesn't look a cheap bike. And I know that Triumph had to cut corners on on the cost of building them, but it doesn't look like it. No. I love it, and and that's yeah, I, that's what I love. She is a badass rider out there on that scrambler. I mean that right. you, that must intimidate guys when you pull up on that beast of a bike. It's just so badass. <laughs> well, they come, up, they come up and talk to me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm thrilled you won a spot on the show I, it, I in a Rev Sisters competition. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I love, I love the f- film festivals. They're just, they're just awesome. Well, thank you so much. We have another one coming up this uh, late fall. Um, so yeah, tickets are available. RevSisters.com. Lynn, I wanted to thank you for coming on and playing a game. You are welcome to stay on and join us in the chat. If you want to, we are talking about the motorcycle industry in general oh, cool. and, and new bikes and all that. Uh, did you want to stay with us? Sure. All right. You can join us. Cool. So, Greg, yep. back to you. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, we were talking about when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Now you have this huge demand. Now bikes are selling. And you've already kind of gotten rid of some of your sales force, right? Oh, yes. So, uh, are you, you're trying to keep up. Now you're putting in orders for new bikes? Uh, probably not till the fall, give or take. We and, still had quite a bit of inventory on hand, but it, we went yeah. through all of it and. We probably went through a year's worth of inventory in four months. Wow. wow. Now, yeah. You contracted the new space during COVID or before COVID? We were in negotiations when COVID hit. Whew, that had to scare a little bit. Uh, it definitely scared me. Yeah. So I'm interested, Greg, how many conversations with consumers did you have that went, I know you want this bike, but you're not going to get it. You're going to have to take this one we have on the floor right now. So that really didn't start until 
probably December 2020. Okay. Like I said, there was still lo- plenty of inventory ready, but that was when we started selling out of all the Japanese brand stuff. Right. So I'm curious, um, with all these this uptick in sales, are these new riders? New riders and people trading in bikes. So, so they were upgrading. across the board, but you oh, had yeah. a lot of new riders coming of, in. A lot of new riders. So did you have to play this game with, like we did with Lynn and try and like get to know them and find out oh, what yeah, they want? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So sometimes, most of the time, they come in the shop and they don't even know what they want. They just know they want a, a motorcycle. Yeah. So you usually start off with a very bunch of different questions. First, first question, you want street or dirt? Most mm-hmm. of them are like, oh, I want to be able to do both. Right. So then you steer more towards the dual sport bikes. And even then, they're like, I want more street, but I want the ability to go on dirt. Then you steer them towards the adventure bikes. But then there's not a really good entry-level adventure bike. No, there is now. Uh, but at the same time... And what is that? I would push towards the KTM 390. Ooh. Oh, more than, a, more than a KLX. Yes. 300. I... Th- uh, Kawasaki reps kind of hate me for this one, but <laughs> I put more quality in the KTM over the, really? the Kawasaki. Kawasaki is much easier to work on, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, better priced, I will admit, but overall quality and length and resale value would be the KTM. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah. You can do the so, 300 Versus, too, then. You could. Just to re, you know. It's not a real adventure bike. Yeah, yeah, right, well, and that's the... For the Kawasaki rep. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted no. the I wanted the three hundred versus I, I you know even though I don't ride them, I'm a big champion of these smaller bikes. I think only because Ninja two fifty or or yeah. Rebel two fifty. These are your two choices True. for new riders. But, I want but, all the other options, but, but, oh, except for them. That was what well, I went Royal Enfields. I'm now. just saying. Well, True. And yeah, but the, the the biggest biggest thing about when you get an entry level person going into a bike is I always ask them how how much are you going to ride this thing. Like, are you mm-hmm. going to be coming back in six months and being like, I want something bigger and faster? Right. And that is the, the hardest thing where you yes. try to push them. It, it's, it's that middle ground between that entry level and like the 650 range. That's, See, in that's, fact, that's really hard. I, I tell them, you will be getting another right. bike in six months. So it doesn't matter what you <laughs> oh, pick yeah, right yeah. now. True. Get anything, just get something small. True. And so yeah. let's go back to that Versus 300. So mm-hmm. I remember when that was launched in 2017. Oh, this is fantastic. It ticks all the boxes. It's a proven mm-hmm. engine. It looks great. It does all the things. It's easy to ride. We had five of them on the floor at Monterey Peninsula. We couldn't sell a single yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show how topsy-turvy the industry was yeah. back then. You have something that theoretically ticks all the boxes. And I genuinely thought they looked great. Right. And it is the easiest bike in the world if you've never pulled in the clutch on a versus 300 you haven't lived there's nothing there <laughs> it's the easiest bike the in the world to sweat. work the clutch the versus 650 was the same way yeah, yeah. It, it, it was i, I had those... one for 10 years a big well, champion of it. Yeah. you can't sell them you can't give them away i know yep because yeah, when they, they stopped making them for a brief time in the was it 2018 2019 we, we couldn't get our hands on enough of them because people found out they were going to stop making them for a few mm-hmm. years then when they brought them back we ordered a whole bunch of them right. thinking that they were going to be hot sellers it, they took forever to sell that, that that's the like the craigslist deal though. well Those it is they are the craigslist but deal. let me tell I'll you something one. which will, <laughs> yeah. which we'll take will it. surprise sold all of you now this is nothing new one of the most desirable bikes that I work on now in the vintage field is the Honda CBX, the six-cylinder. That's, even in average condition, it's a $20,000 bike now. When those bikes were new in 79, you could not 
give them away. Mm-hmm. They sat on dealer showrooms for months, for years. In 1981, you could still buy a brand new 79 CBX that nobody wanted. So it's nothing new just because it's desirable and ticks the boxes. Well, I mean, the market changes. um, And they, I mean, it takes what, five to eight years to get a bike to market? They're trying to predict ahead of time what's going to happen. They don't always get it right. But oftentimes they get a bike that we all go, oh, this makes sense. And it's not successful. So I'm curious um, during the whole, in the last two years, what was the most common bike that people wanted that you had trouble getting? Uh, uh, dirt bikes. Oh, uh, yeah. Dirt bikes. Um, oh, gosh. I think I even it still haven't caught up. By the end of 2020, December, we had sold out of probably 95% of all of our dirt bikes. Wow. Except for KTM and Husky. They were able to switch their manufacturing in such a way in 2020 that they were able to revamp it and improve it. Um, in a way that the uh, Japanese brands weren't able to. So, because by then, that was what really, KTM Husky is what really saved me through December, January, February, March, April of 2021. That's the question I was going to ask you. Let's let's throw some, some love. To, who was handling COVID the, the, the best? Who was able to get by? I to would you? have to say the Pierre Group, which is KTM Husky. Okay. Uh, they were very able to get me bikes and product when the other ones were trickling in. Now, granted, not to bash the Japanese brands, mm-hmm. they were their stuff is coming in now, but it's it's trickling in. It's one of those things where you know I get three shipments a week, and you know seventy five percent of that's KTM Husky. And the other one twenty five is the Japanese brands. And what were you being told? What were the, uh, the the initial beginning was just that though you know the the factories were shut down for two or three months. And then they were, you know, after that's kind of like, hey, haven't you guys caught up yet? Uh, yeah, nope, not yet. And then they were like, no, it's just we're having delays. So and more delays. And so you're more just kind of getting strung along. Oh, absolutely. And then, then what I really started to notice is that the parts, parts are usually never an issue with the Japanese brands. Yeah, that kind of surprised me too. Uh, that was one of those things where, you know, we could probably get a part in two days. And, you know? and Emma, now, you experienced that too, right? Oh, God, yeah. So but, I mean... I sell nothing at the shop. It's a workshop only. And parts, oh God, they're the bane of my life. What used to take me a day takes me a week. What used to take me a week takes me a month. And it's getting better. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, this is kind of related and unrelated um, to Greg. I need a new shop van. I have, the El Camino's dying. So I'm doing what. Everyone in the motorcycle industry does is they go Mercedes Sprinter, Ford Transit, Dodge Promaster. And you go around all the dealers. Mm. And each dealer has said the same thing. I will write you a check for $10,000 right now and we'll finance the rest through Ford, Dodge or Mercedes financing. When do I get my truck? It's a year. One year. After I've put down my money. And that's all three of them. Nobody's got anything. Yeah, so that that must. So it's not just the bike industry. Well, to give you an idea, the Kawasaki rep was the one that actually finally laid it out for me. Mm -hmm. So they said pre-COVID that Kawasaki globally had enough inventory that if they shut down operations in that day, they'd have enough inventory to maintain current level of sales for two years. Wow. 2020. That completely wiped it out in six months. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So it was, then after that, they said not only was it just the demand was so high, but that shipping delays. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, we hear about it. How, how many in the the Oakland and you know harbors? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. and that. That's just there. What used to be a two three day turnaround is now a two three work turn, two three week turnaround. Right. So then that's just you know parts. I used to be able to get parts in two days. Now I'm lucky if I get them in two weeks. Right. How good was COVID for Royal Enfield? Uh, well, so we took in Royal Enfield at the end of 2020. Okay. So we really didn't have it. Uh, so probably full, first full year was 2021. Uh, I think we sold about 65 of them. Our goal was 80, which I'm not complaining. But uh, it was actually a very good year. They expanded quite a bit. That's one of the things when we went around doing our tour. I saw Royal Enfields at a bunch of shops. Yep. I'm like, ah, they're delivering. They are were delivering. So th- that was my biggest thing when COVID hit is, you know, at the end of 2020, I realized that Japanese bikes were, I was down to my last uh-huh. handful of them. Like I said, maybe two, three percent of my inventory was, you know, Japanese brands. My biggest thing, what pushed me to expand as fast as I did was, was COVID. You know, I had the plan to, you know, wait to bring on another brand, wait, but it was like, I need to fill the gap. Otherwise I'm going to start closing parts of my shop i'm going to start laying off you know employees not because i'm there's no work but because i have no inventory to sell you know one has to wonder if you think about the port the port of call like oakland or long beach if european manufacturers or european shipments are getting priority over asian shipments just have to wonder I don't know, because everyone I know who's involved with European, and, you know, I kind of throw Enfield in because they come via Europe. Well, I think they also come through different ports. I think they come through so, Texas and, and Florida because they go through a, to a main hub in the United States. So that might be it. It might just be a West Coast ports thing. In my industry, I work in the ski industry, and all my stuff comes from Slovenia and goes to the port of New Jersey. And it you probably have no delays. No delays. There you go. And Mystery it's solved. I think it's a California thing. Slight, slight shipping delays, but nothing. So what, what do you what are you feeling like is next? I mean, do you feel like there's going to be a precipitous drop off in sales of new bikes and a flood of the market in used bikes, or are you thinking we actually have that many new riders that are going to keep sustaining the industry moving forward? Well, for starters, I think that COVID definitely, you know, I would say call it birth a whole new generation of new riders, which I think is awesome yeah. for the industry. It's something that pre-COVID was just kind of very, very slow. Like, you know, one out of 20 riders was a new rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with COVID and what happened to the inventory, I think this thing, as far as sales in the industry, it's only going to get better. Uh, and I say that because of the demand. The, the supply is so low, but the demand is so high. So here's a question for you. Sure. Something that we've been following is the Chinese bike market. Right. Right. And for many years it was don't touch it. <laughs> they're they're junk. But they're getting better. And in fact, we talked to, you know, like a SSR Benelli, they're getting better. I'm sure you were trying to find lines to add. Uh, I wasn't that that desperate. Ah, see, that's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> I Did was you not look that desperate. into it? Uh, my brother, so me and my brother, I don't know if you met my brother Martin. Mm. He was all about just filling the gaps in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But my whole thing was quality. And uh, I, I, I can't trust the product, and I can't trust that after you spend five grand on it, it's not going to break in two days. And then when you bring it back, uh, can we easily fix it? Mm-hmm. And that's actually the mark of a mm-hmm. professional, because Greg gets it just because it's five grand. To us, it's not a lot. We've all dropped ten large on a motorbike, oh, yeah. but to somebody, five grand is everything. Oh, yeah. And if you drop all the money you have 
and more on a bike and it breaks down you know yeah, it's just a matter of what you're going to pay for what you get and that's the the, the big thing that I want to make sure that if you're going to buy a bike you're not going to be back in five months with something that's just like how do I fix it you, you're going to spend more money trying to fix it than just buying a new one so I think you answered my question because I'm, I'm sure that you've been really tracking that market and, oh yeah and so they're not up to your standards yet. Yeah, it was the, the Heisen rep has been in my shop probably four oh. or five times trying to get me to bring him in. And I'm like, he even brought the demo truck by. So we were all messing around uh-huh. with their stuff in the back, which was fun. They're, they're still around? Oh, yeah. They, oh. They've got these little, you know, you know kid side-by-side thing yeah. jigs. You know, I've seen one of my techs inside that thing. That was hilarious. <laughs> but again, it was like, yeah, it's fun, but there's no way I'm going to sell this in the shop. So, mm. And, you know, there is hope for the future. Royal Enfield's a great example. If you'd have seen the quality of Royal Enfield's from 10 or 15 years ago, you'd be like, I'm not having that in my shop. And now that every inch as good as anybody else. That was the big thing. When, when they first approached, they actually approached us to sell, sell Royal Enfield. And in the very beginning, I was actually very hesitant mm-hmm. just because I wanted to do some research. Right. You know, so on and so forth. Because like you said, 10 years ago, everybody heard was like, I ah, don't buy it, don't buy it, don't buy it. Now... From top to bottom, it is a solid bike. Mm. And parts are very easy to get. Out of all the brands I've got, that's probably the easiest one to get parts for. Which of the models is selling the best, I'm curious? Right now? Yeah. Or for 2021? Uh, yes, both. Both. 2021, surprisingly, Honda. Oh, I meant of the of the Royal Enfield. I'm Ooh. curious which should Himalayan. We, should we get game out of this? So the, Himalayan. Himalayan. So the Himalayan. Himalayan is, is it hands down. I, I, I can't. So keep. that's been a big big hit. For oh, absolutely. Uh, the Meteor surprisingly was it was a slow start. Mm-hmm. Meteor 350 yeah. was a slow start, but it has really picked up. Yeah, it's a great. Uh, it's a great alternative bike. to the Rebel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's. I like it better because it's more comfort on the road. And correct me when I'm wrong. The suspension is not the greatest on it, but usually when you have a lot more weight. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more comfortable on the road. So especially for an entry-level you know, bike person, mm-hmm. it's a great bike. And something as simple as, to me, it's a far more interesting bike than the Rebel. It's simple. It's very simple. The colors, I think, are absolutely great. That They're two-tone gorgeous. blue and the brown, it's Those are gorgeous off the bikes. The only thing it needs is we need somebody to make a decal for the side panel <laughs> that instead of saying M-E-O-T-O-R yep. is M-E-A-T-I-E-R so it's meteor from the opposition <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true I like so. that so here's something that has changed dramatically um, in the industry no longer do you go to your dealerships to go try on gear yep most of them don't have it we're, we're fortunate that Cycle Gear is one of those places that you can go but and again, I don't blame the shops. This was like, you know, which came first, the the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which came first, the people going to buy their stuff online and, and sales dropped at the ah, dealership? Yep. Or people weren't shopping at the dealership because they weren't investing in all the sizes? Which came first? I don't know. Not blaming anyone. Right. However, um, I mean, you, you carry some gear. Yep. But uh, do you see that getting any better? Or do you see it just getting the- going further away? I, you know, the gear in the, in the shop has got to be one of the more most complicated things to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. I think even after five years, I still don't have my head fully wrapped around it because I could bring in everything under the sun. I'm always going to get that person that comes in that's going to not want it, want the size that we don't have. Or they're going to find uh, somewhere online to go buy. I can't tell you how many times people would come in to try on something mm-hmm. and then go buy it on, on Amazon. You know, Fox, you yep. know, Fox, for example, was huge with that. And about three, four years ago, they were all about selling Amazon, selling Amazon. Now, like they shot themselves in the foot. 
they're actually reversing course, trying to go more brick and mortar, which now it's just like you guys, in the meantime, you've got Climb and FXR who really, really have pushed the line and I think in a lot of ways overtook Fox. But but again, it's just trying to find what to carry, what not to carry. It's mm-hmm. a lot of money on the floor. Yes, and it's, it it's just, just that whole gamble, like, uh, what do I do? Well, you know you know what else you need to include is dressing rooms. So. <laughs> you guys so, don't know why we're yeah, Tell so, them, Greg. Uh, okay. So when I designed the layout of my shop, you know, I went through the whole thing, this and that. I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've thought of everything. And I started walking through as the walls went up this way or that way, walking around. And, and Ed, my parts manager, kind of goes, uh, so uh, where's the dressing room? And I'm like, <laughs> oh shit! He gave us a tour of the shop. Yeah. I mean, and he's got look. This is our where you know we have all the mechanics here, and it's beautiful, and it's pristine, and it's got new floor, and it's just beautiful. And here's our parts department, and it's big. There's so much room to grow. And here's the, and he's like, and here's where we're gonna build the dressing rooms. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to build. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's actually that's actually gonna be built here in the next week or two. <laughs> Good. Yeah, but that was uh, that was definitely uh, my mistake. I mean, that's one of the things, and especially for women, I'm sure Lynn experiences this. Women like really do need to go try. Oh, we on actually stuff. had had an issue with that just this past week. Mm-hmm. We had uh, this woman come in. She grabbed a bunch of stuff, and she was like, uh, "Where can I try this on?" And we're like, "Sorry, uh, there's a bathroom." And she just was kind of like, and she was really cool about it. And yeah. she went in there, she tried it on, but she you could tell the look on her face was just just. And I turn around and look at my guy, and I'm like, "I need that thing, damn thing built yesterday." So. Got it priced out. Got the contractor all ready to go. Good. So. Well, and here's where I'm going to ask you a question. I, I, I'm going to put you on, on the spot a little bit. So one of the problems that I've been talking about for a long time is that we have so much used gear coming in, and I keep trying to find a solution to how do we distribute this gear? And one of my ideas is can we get it into shops or a shop that becomes a hub why why is it that a shop couldn't be have a section of it that is like the Salvation Army? It's the used gear section. Is that something that you would consider trying or can you name all the reasons why it wouldn't work? So I'm not opposed to the idea, mm-hmm. but the the biggest first thing that comes to mind is square footage in a shop is valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a matter of you can break everything down to in this hundred square feet, I can turn over the inventory four or five or six times. So how many times can I do that within each square footage? Uh, so when you're taking up square footage, it comes down to dollars and cents sometimes. That's the pure cold-hearted to look at it from that perspective view. Secondly, you had, do have certain type of customers who don't want anything to do with secondhand you know, uh-huh. motorcycle gear. Because usually motorcycle gear is usually very intimate to the person who first buys it. Yeah. If it's that jacket, it's that pair of boots, it's that helmet. It's one of those things where I strongly recommend that, you know, never buy a secondhand, you know, uh, helmet. You right. never know if that person dropped the helmet or if they've been in a crash with that helmet, so on and so forth, or, or how long. Inside. Or inside. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? And helmets yeah. is the one thing I'm like, look, there's $99 helmets that will do the Absol- job. Absolutely. Because it's one of those things where, you know, certain helmets, yeah. you drop it once and technically it's you know, the manufacturer, the warranty is void. Other reasons are is a lot of people, you know, like something to look good. Yeah. You know, plain and simple. When, when you go to buy something you, used or not, you what type of condition is it in? Lila, how do you feel about used gear? Um, I love it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when um, it fits me. <laughs> so uh, this is something, and, and, you know, we've been having this conversation 
if and let's just we're just playing yeah. hypothetically here. Uh, there's a uh, supply. Mm-hmm. Everyone I know, almost everyone in this room has gear. Oh, Emma, I have some boots I need to give you. Oh, great. Yes, I forgot <laughs> to give them to you. Um, and, there's, and there's a demand. There are new riders mm-hmm. like Lila or riders that just can't afford to have a dirt helmet and a modular helmet and a track helmet, you know, stuff like right. that. Um, or three-quarter and a we, vented. Could but, I just say and kind of explain it in real terms of what we encounter? We'll get people come to us who are just starting their motorcycle journey. How much do you have? Well, I've got $1,000. That's all I've got is 1000 bucks. Well, your two choices are you can buy a $500 bike and then spend the rest on new gear. But far better, why don't you spend it all on the bike? $1,000, get a better bike and we'll give you the gear. And then when you're in a position that you're earning money now and you can upgrade your gear, just bring it back, and then we can pass that on. The big problem for us, we've run out of room. Yeah. True. So there's there's a system for used bikes and used cars. Mm-hmm. In fact, you probably like it when somebody wants to trade something in, yeah? I usually do, yes. Yeah, especially since it's really hard to find. Yep. Used bikes, uh, listening to Phil at Cleveland Moto talking about how bikes at auction are selling more than retail. So we, we, we dabbled in the auction yeah. for a little bit. And uh, yeah, we, we used to be able to pick up a bike and turn around and roll it for anywhere between 1000 to $2,000 profit. It's gone. Nowadays, nope, can't even do it's that gone. now. It's gone. Because you're already buying it at what you would sell it for. Right. And from there, it's like, what are you going to do? Just push the price up? Yeah. Used gear, going back to the year, mm-hmm. used gear thing, again, as far as trying to sell it, that is the hard part because there's no real. You, you can say I spent a hundred bucks on this jacket, you know. I'd say hey, you know, fifty bucks. But somebody's going to be like, well, for twenty five bucks, no. And again, all comes down to condition. And I get it absolutely. But new new riders, new gear, used gear, cheaper. You're always going to go with the used. But again, with gear these days, even new stuff is actually getting very price you know orientated. So I'll give you my pitch. All right. In a perfect world, here's what I would love to see. I'd love to see people like Mason, you know, who sends us stuff, having a place to send it that will put it on a rack and sell it. Mm-hmm. Half the money goes to the shop. The other half goes to a nonprofit that we all decide upon, and maybe that changes every month, year, whatever, right? right? And that if you have a rack that has a $40 jacket or $5 gloves, or it could be more than that. I just know, like, when I've gone to, uh, like, was it Piston, Piston and Chain? The one on Treasure Island, uh, the co-op garage, and they had a, they had consignment, and I'm like, eh, you know, it's a five hundred dollar jacket, and they want three fifty for this. It's like I'm not gonna, you know, I, I, it still isn't affordable for somebody. Right. What I want to see out there is as affordable as possible. True. So, and maybe when somebody wants to trade something in, they're getting a discount on a on a bike or a new, something new like helmet that. or something like that. Right. I think that there's the potential because what happens is we all have gear that sits in our closets and it doesn't get used right. and it get, just ages out. And I think people want to see it go somewhere helpful. And if they know that it's going to help fund mm-hmm. new riders or something like that, I think people would be willing to give them. And my other thing, I think, and please tell me if I'm wrong, um, 
I know that the people who are coming in to buy a $40, $50 jacket are not going to be buying a $12,000 motorcycle. Today's financing options, you might well, be maybe. surprised. But I do think that you're building brand loyalty. And Absolutely. I think one of the problems with the industry, what happened is they got very short-sighted. It used to be that shops were a part of the community. Mm-hmm. It was a place to hang out, to gather, to visit. Yep. And now it's just a place they want to sell you a bike right True. now and that's it. Are you a customer or not? And that part of that's part of the survival. I get it. Right. But going back to like being a part of the community and building up mm-hmm. customers, to me, it seems like that might be a good way. Oh, absolutely. That would be definitely a good way to bring in more customers and word of mouth. You know, it depends on when you're asking somebody around in a group like this, like, hey, I'm getting into bikes, but I can't afford a $500 jacket. Where do I go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or more importantly, hey, I just started dating somebody or my buddy just started dating somebody and girlfriend needs a jacket, right. boyfriend needs a jacket, but they're not going to ride that much with me. True. So. Well, when you get to work in the morning, there might be like 500 pounds of used gear <laughs> stacked up against your door. Uh, there's your problem now. I, I can see a method for perhaps you moving forward with this, Greg, without it encroaching on the shop okay. and helping turn your, buy, uh, sh- your place into a destination. Yeah. Have an occasional parking lot extravaganza mm. yes. encourage your customers to come down hey you got any gear come on bring it over mm-hmm. you got a bike bring it over and open the parking lot because i know you've got a giant <laughs> parking lot yeah. it's massive and on a saturday get a couple of food trucks in there get yeah. some music going have a party so guess what morgan hill harley davidson you go there on a saturday it's a party outside yep so that's actually you know ever since we did that uh, grand opening mm-hmm. is actually something we have been We've been having roundtable discussions about it, about doing Saturdays, but we don't going to get, you know, sometimes you do things over and over and over again. You know, people just kind of like ask the same thing. So we're, we're trying to come up with new different ideas to do it once a month, twice a I month. I have an idea. Just put out two orange cones about 50 <laughs> feet apart. There that's you go. all you got to right? do. True. <laughs> but but, yeah, but that, that's, you know, something that we have actually been really been talking about. And we want to, I saw what the grand opening brought in mm-hmm. and right. I saw the amount of the different groups of riders that came through and i was like i want to do that every saturday well and and john and i were fortunate in that we didn't know you were having a grand opening so we were just going for a ride we're like oh wait oh wait i know that they've opened up let's go check it out Mm -hmm. and that was when we ran into you thank you for the tour by the way you're very welcome but that's we we were kind of what we're going for at least in my pitch instead of spending a ton of money on advertising the word of mouth advertising is worth way more than anything that you're going to put into digital media or a billboard on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll throw my hat into it. If you want anyone to do burlesque, I'm your girl. So <laughs> I'll do a burlesque show okay. Wait a in minute. the parking lot. All I need is Wait a minute. I thought you were just the, the Hold MC. On. Hold I do on. a mean Hold belly on. dance, too. Would you be interested in hosting a Numb Nuts Challenge? Oh, God. Can my family be a part of that? Yes. Do you want to know what the Numb Nuts Challenge is? <laughs> I'm just thinking Numb Nuts. I call all my, my siblings Numb Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm like, are you sure? Hey, Numb Nuts. Um, pretty so, much. so we just did this a couple months ago. I held a contest here in the parking lot. Uh, last person uh, to leave their bike won $1,000 cash. Okay. Sounds easy, right? Yep. Everyone lined up, parked their bikes there, and just had to sit there on the bikes. Let me ask you something. You're a rider. Hmm? How long do you think you could sit on a bike given scheduled bathroom breaks and food and, and drinks delivered to you? How long do you think you could sit 
on your bike? So I ride dual sport and okay. dirt bike. Yeah, eh, not very long. <laughs> but it's like that that seat is not comfortable, and you're right. not meant to sit down on it. So tops. Yeah. Half hour before I go nuts. Oh come on! Oh, I would go nuts. Have you, sat, have you sat on a dirt bike recently? Not well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that thing is uncomfortable. Okay, well, let's she get... has a KLR. Pick any what, what, bike in your shop. Oh. What if you added an air hawk? Two wheels. Two, yeah, wheels two wheels on a center stand. Okay. How long could you sit on it? In the shade? Yeah. Sure. No, I can go a couple hours. That's uh, it. No, no, come on, Dave. Uh, my ass would start hurting after a while. Well, this is why it's called the numbnuts. <laughs> so I, when, okay. we, when I right. threw down the challenge, I said, I'm pretty sure I can sit there for 18 hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was. Oh, it, you're talking like eight long, long. Oh, long, it was going to yeah, go yeah. days. Oh, yeah. Thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> it was good. It was for a thousand dollars cash. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of entries. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it was freezing cold. Yep. It was very cold. It dropped down into the 30s that night. Oh, shit. People were freezing trying to sleep on their bikes. Okay. <laughs> it made it till about 3.30 in the morning yep. before it kind of fell apart. At what hour is this? 18, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It started at 8, 8 a.m. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. Wow. Um, but that's it's just a fun kind of event that could draw people no, out no, to come look at the idiots sitting on the bikes. True. Okay. I would yeah. consider it. Yeah. All right, well, we can talk. Right. We have all sorts of dumb ideas. Oh, I better say, I'm like, oh, I'm all <laughs> just looking at the different ideas. I'm I was just, looking at the burlesque oh, yeah. picture. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, and so, and then we had, we actually had burlesque performers come and and we set up a theater, and a crowd came. Okay, yeah, I know it's crazy. Hey, um, well, have you considered a mini bike uh, trials course? Yes, but insurance ruled that one out. Ugh, stupid, stupid insurance companies. Stupid insurance. Oh, they are. Insurance. They're they're worse than the, than the reps. <laughs> Uh, what else? What else can we have them do? I got all sorts of good bad ideas. <laughs> but you know, you know, the, now, the, I know. The, the, one of the funnest things we do here is is like the little mini bike, little adventure course things. So that's what I was saying. We, we do a little electric mini bikes little, and do a little, little course, little obstacle. But course you know, generally and... bikers are pretty easy bunch. They are really easy. We're 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 all Ooh. looking for some kind of community and yep. some kind of friendship. We like coffee. We like cold drinks we like things to eat and we like music and hang out with each other so i've got a new big old coffee machine bar coming yeah now that's Ooh. in the works bagel you have a pitch well well i was wondering would chariot racing be something that would <laughs> no, I, insurance maybe? I would uh, javelin racing no we, do we, our oh. chariots are milk crates being dragged behind motorcycles racing it is incredibly dangerous incredibly dangerous legs have been broken lots. but you know <laughs> but you know something as simple as uh, the thing I find um, perhaps most effective would be crossing over to different genres. Have a vintage motorcycle show in your parking lot. So that's actually one of them that we actually considered. Um, oh, good. So, all right, unsolicited advice. Here's another one. All right. Oh boy. Um, I don't know, I'm all ears. <laughs> So this is something, now I work with a lot of women writers, and Lynn, tell me if you think this is a good idea. It doesn't have to be just for women, but um, basic mechanic uh, workshops. Yes. And there are a lot of women who want to just learn the basics, how to check, you know, how to tighten your chain, stuff like that. And there's not a lot of places that are doing it. A lot of the co-op garages do these classes, but 
I find that there's even, and it's not just for women. I mean, there's a lot of guys who have no idea how to do any of it. They don't even know how to change the oil sometimes. No, no idea. And um, that's something that I think being a part of the community, that building be that back up, doing some workshops that you can just say, here's how you do it. Yeah. Actually, that's a great idea. Well, here's a teaser. I actually had a couple of people come up to me and said, your business is repairing bikes. How stupid are you to teach people how to fix their own bikes at a community garage on your day off? Mm. And my answer to that, I have had more work because of what I do here at the Recycle Garage at my shop than I know what to do with. It sets you up as a type of person. And people really relate to that. So if you reach out to the community and say, hey, guys, we're going to show you basic stuff, how to look after your bike. Suddenly, you become, you're not the big bad dealer who wants to right. rip everybody off. Now you think, now you're like the guy who's the motorcyclist friend. And you will get more business because of that than you could possibly imagine. That's actually a really, really, really good point. Oh, go ahead, Bagel. Yeah, I was going to say that there are always going to be jobs that are going to be too tough for somebody to want to tackle, mm -hmm. even though they're able to do general maintenance. Mm -hmm. So they're going to need to go to a shop because oh, they're, they, they've been made an enthusiast because they know True. how to work on their bike. So, and here's another question for you. Another thing that I've been working with in the industry is fastest growing market segment is women. Yeah. It is. Are you doing anything to cater to women? So I've actually been bringing that back to the gear. Okay. Yeah, for, for our shop in particular is we have not, for the longest time, very, very, very minimum amount of the gear. Because again, the average customer that comes through there is male. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the bigger things is to increase the number and types of uh, clothing apparel that we do offer. So. Right. And and a lot of men are buying gear for, Absolutely. for women too. But so. it, it doesn't just transcend to gear. Um, well, that's, that's, that's where we start. Right, that's where so. you start. But the biggest thing is if a woman on her own walks through the door, acknowledge her. Absolutely. And yeah. just, hi. Treat her like welcome. a person. Treat her like, exactly. she is Treat her like a regular person. Yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> when we did our little tour and we visited you at their old location, the Harley Davidson shop scored extremely high high marks. They ticked all the boxes. They had coffee. They had very good atmosphere. The service department was great. Everything was great. The one area they scored really poorly was the acknowledgement of single women. And I've been up there many, many times on my own. Just get ignored. Hmm. Or you don't get taken seriously. You always get navigated to, oh, well, you, look, here's the sportsters. Mm. Now, what a sportster? Or how about one of the first questions, if you don't mind me asking, mm -hmm. is, are you shopping for your husband? Yeah. Are you shopping mm. for a boyfriend? So that nonsense <laughs> needs to stop. I can't even start. So, <laughs> don't let so me. I'll share with you, and, and Lynn, tell me if you've experienced this before. Um, I have a lot of women who shared a story with me that they go into a dealership, and they'll okay. say, um... No one ever came up to me and asked me what I needed. No one ever acknowledged me. Lynn, have you ever experienced that? Do you feel invisible? I yeah, I went into, I brought my brother-in-law into a shop because he didn't know about it. And so I was showing him the shop, but then the staff just catered to him. 
Exactly. So, and here's the thing: when when women tell me that like they're invisible, they're not, they're treated like they're not there at all, and mm-hmm. I always say that's weird. Right. I've never experienced that because every time I walk into a shop, I go up to the salesman, put my hand out, and introduce myself. But 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 the lesson here is women act differently, and they wait for somebody to come to them, and they don't always put off that. Correct. I want attention. Right. Come talk to me. I'm in charge. And it's a different mindset to understand. And it's almost like you need to train the staff to identify Absolutely. that. Yep. Can I share something about that too? Yeah. Um, I find that even regardless of my um, inclination to be outgoing and go up to people and say, hey, I'm looking for a helmet today or I'm looking for some gloves with, you know, gauntlet gloves. Um, regardless of that, the assumption will still be that I don't know anything at all. Yeah. Which is not a super fun feeling when you just right. meet anybody, you know? It's like, how could you know what I know? Now, this isn't a problem that's just associated with motorcycling. Mm. I'm sure you've seen the ad on <laughs> the TV <laughs> where, the wo- where the woman walks into the car dealership and she wants a V8 SUV mm. and she puts the male glove puppet on. Right. Right, you've <laughs> yeah, seen that. I have, I, have, I have seen that, yep. Right. <laughs> so now it is... Our chance in the motorcycle industry to shine, to show everybody else how it's done, and narrowing it even further than that, it is time for Gilroy Motorcycle Center to shine and show the fucking motorbike industry how it's done. I agree. There you go. And and again, that's one of the reasons I wanted to invite you in. I said, these guys are doing something right. They just moved into a new shop. What's it like? Five times bigger than where you were? It's huge. <clears throat> Give or take. We went from 14,000 square feet to almost 40,000 square feet. And, and, and an, but, an additional 10,000 square feet to grow. And the so. parking lot oh, and parking all, lot. I mean, huge. everywhere. Yeah. So I want to know, what are what are your plans? What what are like your dreams? So I think I mentioned it to Emma earlier, yeah. earlier tonight was that when we took over the motorcycle shop, it was because we were just into the industry, into mm-hmm. the bikes. We had never had a plan to become a super center stop, you know, until I happened to be down south and uh, I walked into Burt's Mega Mall. Yep. And that I'm place like, is awesome. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want I some like, of this. <laughs> but really, you know, yeah, I would love to do that, but it was kind of like, now that's not what we want to do. It just kind of happened organically because of right. the industry over the last five years. That's how mm-hmm. fast it changed in my mind, at least. It was the single brand, single line dealer is, it, it is gone. Right. If you're able to do that, you're going to do that with a one-man shop. What's well, curious that Triumph is trying to go back to that, too. They are trying to, but at the same time, they, they, they're not going to be able to do it. No. no. no Unless you're BMW. Tri- Triumph's sign-on to become a dealer is 78000 mm. Yeah, right. Just yeah. to buy their environment kit. Wow. Mm. Right. Just to buy their environment kit. Not even counting their bikes and all the other bullshit that you have to go through. So here's the million-dollar question, Greg. Let's get in a time machine and go five years, and we're all going to go and visit your shop. What are we going to see? I would like to say mega store, but not yes. just a mega store, but just something that is huge, but it accommodates everything and everyone. You know, it's it's one of those things where it carries the brands that cater to the company or not the company, but the the customers that walk through the right. door. But it also what I want to do. I remember going back to the the old old shops with my dad when we were growing up, you know, whether it was, you know, San Jose Yamaha or any, all of them, mm-hmm. there was a community built around the whole thing. You kept right. saying community all night, community mm-hmm. all night. And it was one of those things that I loved about it. That Saturday was the grand opening. The amount of people that came in there, all the different writers, it was probably one of the coolest days in the industry that we've had for the last five years. 
Well, and I like it. That's one of those things where when we started talking about Saturday's different Saturday stuff, I want organized mm-hmm. rides. You have so many of these new riders that come in here that have no one to ride with. Yeah. And it's true. To me, that's one of those I'm like, I want to go riding with you just because. So well, how do I do that? And I think that's one of the the things that I recognize in you in the shop. So we go there, just say, let's go see what's going on there. And met you, and you were really you know friendly and you want a tour and i kind of got that vibe from you that like oh this is somebody like who's interested and 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 cares and wants to like do something big and great and have fun with it so the next week when i was there with the group i'm like hey you guys want to go over to gilroy motorsports check it out like i wanted to go back that was because the energy you're putting off is a big part of it that energy of like yeah this cuts legit yeah, like I want to go hang out there and go like just sit on stuff. Not to mention we were talking about gear, but you got like all these jerseys and stuff, all the KTM stuff. I, uh, J- John, how much did I want to buy stuff? I'm like going through trying to find my sizes. Yeah, like like a a bath I love it. Bath. I'm like, oh, I want this Liat jacket. I, love I want that bath this. Mat. I love it. Yeah. I know. So a lot of it is coming from you. I can tell it's energy that you're bringing and that kind of enthusiasm and 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 wanting to be a part of it. Um, so I have a lot of hope that this will be a destination. We need a destination. We do. You kept mentioning that. And that's not only that, also in the industry, you go, at least in my personal experience, even before the motorcycle shop, you go into all these different shops. And my biggest thing is it's like the, the next generation isn't taking over, mm-hmm. isn't stepping right. up, moving into the next thing. And that was the biggest thing that when we moved into it, it was just kind of like it needs a revamp. Well. It, when the industry, we were talking about the industry was, is changing. The yes. industry is changing a lot in the last 10, 15 years, right? But are the shop owners changing? No. Emma, if you had to oh, describe sorry. the stereotypical shop owner. You know, I don't think that's entirely fair, Liza, because I don't want this to be a negative thing. No, but, but I'm saying they're, reactionary, they're like old, reactionary, hidebound, grumpy, older, older men, older guys who were not changing, resistant with, to yes. change. Yes. And really, what the industry needs, my vision for the industry, especially when you get a new rider. When a new rider walks through the door of your or any other shop, and when a new rider walks through the door of my shop, it should be like a loving embrace from a family. We've got you now. It should be welcoming. It should be. It should be welcoming. It should be somewhere where they come back. It should be somewhere where they know you've got their back. And that's where you can follow up. Yes, you've sold them the bike, you've sold them the gear. Now let's do the Saturday rides. Now let's give them some community. Now let's give them some lessons on how to take care of their bike. You've got them. And you've got them for life. Maybe some free hugs and back massages. No. Free hugs, yes, but... Just a hot dog. (laughs) Hot dog. That's that's extremely (laughs) inappropriate. John. hug. I, but every, you know it's it, that's how you get them and that's how you keep them you it's, give them the community it's, it's the welcoming but it's also transparency yes transparency is, is huge i can't well, t- tell you, you how many know. times we get customers coming in here and we're like why well, had this dealer and again i don't want to get into bashing any other yeah. dealer i think there's great dealers out there but it's the they told me this price I'm like but did, right. they, did they actually break yeah. it down for you did they actually show you what was well, involved and in- the market changed faster than yep. 
the industry was changing faster than the, the people in the industry. Or when was the last time that you were able to go to a, a, a shop and, and actually talk to the mechanic? Yeah. Right? Oh, that's I, that, the truth. that was the, my biggest thing. Now, granted, my service manager's yelling at me all the time because he's like, hey, you keep pulling the mechanic off of a job. Oh. And I'm like, hey, but at the same time, who, who better to explain it to a customer than the mechanic who works on it? I do it all the time at Emma's shop. I just pull right. up and yell that's out my car window. I just text but her. Here's, <laughs> right? But you see, here's the thing, that, and I get this a lot from people who bring in my shop. This is my bike. This is my absolute pride and joy. And I dropped it off for a service, and it went around the corner. And I couldn't see it anymore. And I didn't know who was working on it. And I don't know what they were doing to it. It just went around the corner. And <laughs> at my place, it's it's larger than your place. It's 800 square feet. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> but I've, I've got a counter across the, the whole front. And it's kind of like a waist-high counter. Nice. And... And that's kind of the stop. And people know that's the stop and it's my area behind that. But I've got chairs at the counter. You can sit and you can watch me laying my hands on your bike. Nice. There's no going round the corner. That's actually something that we actually considered about when we were designing the whole place. It's like we wanted it to be able to show that off sometimes, uh, but it was like... Like the car wash um, window. Right. <laughs> we, were, we, were well, actually, we were actually... That was on one of my you know top lists, but we yeah. had to dwindle the list down eventually, and it was like, ah, due to location, we can do cameras. That could be we, either, either great or a nightmare. We, <laughs> yeah. Right. We were talking about my old boss, Jim Leonard, earlier. Yes. And one of the things that I used to do that Jim absolutely loved, and he never had a mechanic that has done it before or since... When I had a new rider buy a brand new bike, the salesman would sign off on it, and then he'd say, okay, your bike's being having the pre-delivery inspection done on it now, and I'd call up to the sales desk and say, the bike's done. I would come and get the customer, and then we'd walk back to the workshop, and we'd have the do not enter mm -hmm. chain, and I'd pull that to one side, I'd say, come in, put the chain back behind them, walk them to their bike on my ramp, and we'd go over the bike and I'd show them the bike and show them, say, any questions, push the bike outside the workshop, and they'd take it from I there. I love that. Isn't that great? I love and that. And they loved it. Well, and it made the customer feel special because they're in a restricted area. Yep. They were very supervised because I was mm -hmm. absolutely next to them. One of my favorite things to do is to show people the service shop, especially right. now. It is even before at the old place, it looked like somebody's garage exploded. But it was still it was one of those things. I still love picking people back there. They actually but got to take see the guts your of new. This. You know, when your 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 mechanic does a PDI on a bike, mm -hmm. bring the new rider back there. Take them into restricted areas, supervised, and take them back. This is your bike. It's mm -hmm. very special, right? And it makes them feel like a million bucks. I actually did that at Gilroy Motorcycle Center. So there I was you go. picking up my only first brand new bike ever to me ever in Gilroy. I was down there, and and I'll say. They didn't necessarily invite me, but I said, hey, can I go talk to the guy who's putting my bike together? And you guys were super welcoming. Met the technician that was doing all the pre-put-together stuff. Pre yeah, and it made stuff. you feel really good because, well, I wanted to like see the guy and be like, hey, I'm going to be the guy on this thing. So, like, this is the face that's going to eat shit if you don't make sure everything's <laughs> tight, you know? Yep. But it was very, it is, it's very comforting to meet the person that's setting your bike up. Yep. Regardless, it goes... It's, it can't be stated enough how far the smells of the back shop, the smell of the oils, the smell of solvents, the smells of everything goes towards getting the juices flowing. Yeah. 
The other part, too, is that about um, that how much the technicians actually love talking to the customers. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I wanted to I wanted to thank you for coming here and and sharing. Oh, don't mind her; she's a little back. Well, no, I was handing um, out emails. No, no, they're and, all for you, Emma. They're and all Liza's for you. Like, you. Emma, you are the star. You get oh, all the emails. They're all for you. Um, I wanted to thank you for coming down and sharing. Like I said, we are so excited, but um, I think a lot of it comes from the energy that you bring. I appreciate that. And like I said, this he's a legit cat. Yeah, and, and Lynn, if you didn't know, here in, in California, we don't have a lot of big dealerships. They've just all shut down. Not like you have out there on, on uh, in Cobb, Cobb County, uh, the, the Parkway. Do you, you still have that big BMW dealership there? Yeah, Indian yeah, and Mountain Motorsports. Um, there's... Yeah, we don't. What to choose from? We don't have all that. Jim, you gotta leave. I'm gonna bounce. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm out I, th- right, I think Greg's got to bounce as well. Right. Much. Yeah. So you, all right. Lila's out. Jim's out. We're gonna wrap up. We're gonna get a report from John and then read emails. Did you want to stick with us? Yeah, I'm good. All right, oh, cool. Great. Yeah. All right, just just those two are leaving. See you guys. Um, and uh. Lynn, you're welcome to stay too. Uh, John. Yeah, you were not here for a couple weeks. I wasn't. I wasn't. So I, <clears throat> my my parents live in Florida, so I went back. Where do they live? They live near Daytona Beach. Do they really? Yeah, that's convenient. Yeah. Now, do they? Does your dad like wear Hawaiian shirts and smoke a cigar? And no, he wears Harley shirts. Like you. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I am. I am wearing my Harley you shirt are. today because I own a Harley Davidson, and so does he. Yeah, got to represent, darling. There you go. Yes. So my folks live in a little town called DeLand, which is 10 miles west of Daytona Beach. So I... I oh, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, because when you say beach and west here in California... Exactly. It's like, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it kind of freaked right. me out when I first moved Yeah, here. fair enough. They my... live in the ocean. <laughs> exactly. They live on a, a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back there, and I timed it with Bike Week. Yeah, that um, was good. Nothing wrong good. with that. No, so... And... Uh, so I went actually for the races. Liza and I had a great conversation beforehand about Daytona. When I was growing up uh, there in the, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, Bike Week was about racing and about all motorcycles. And then right. it morphed by the 90s and the 2000s to be basically a Sturgis kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, that's how I remember. Lynn, have you ever been to Daytona Bike Week? No, but I've been to Biketoberfest. Yeah, it's okay. similar, yeah. And I just remember being when I was uh, in the South in the 90s, of it being just Harleys and chicks with bikinis on the backs of bikes and, and things with tassels. There were tassels on there women, tassels, tassels on bikes, many tassels, tassels on jackets, just tassels. tassels, everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. So, but what people have to realize is that there's the Daytona 200, there's a short track, there's a flat track, there's some trials. Do you get to ride on the sand? You can ride on the sand. Ooh. You know, so there's a lot of cool stuff just that aren't, isn't Harley related. So I went back specifically. I love flat track racing. And um, and just just again because this comes up, just to make it clear, I don't hate Harley Davidsons. I only hate the riders. Yes. Oh, I, Liza! Not all of them. <laughs> I, like. Not, I like some of them. So yeah. I just can't be around tassels. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a shit. I went to the uh, swap meet and because I figured okay, like vintage motorcycle days, there'd be a lot of really great stuff. It was all Harley stuff. It's very disappointing. I I just bought a tassel leather jacket. You did you? No, really? you did not. Uh, you could pull it off though. Yeah, thank you. I look good no matter what I wear. That's true. I've yes, noticed very that. good. Thank you, darling. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I got uh, media passes to go to the American Flat Track. Oh, nice. Volusia. So nice. I was there and got to get into the pits, watched the races. Also did some interviews with Shana Texter and yes. Jared, Jared Mees. Yes. Um, what was really cool, I really was impressed with this uh, new um, Royal Enfield uh, race train build program that they have for women uh, racers. Yeah. Do you know about this? I do. So yeah. they all get the bikes and they have to actually work on them themselves. They get trained by professional racers like Melissa Paris and others during the time. And then they, then they are part of the AFT kind of main event. I mean, so. what are these based on? Interceptor 650s? 650s, yeah. yeah, all nice, yeah. nice platform. So, yeah, I love this. so I interviewed one of the gals there, and she was wonderful, and and actually is one of the fast racers. So it was really fun to see that that piece of it too. And this is what I love that you're reminding me that it's about the racing. And, yes, and the racing is like I'm like oh I want to go for that. Yeah. I just don't like going to places no. that just sells a lot of bandanas nope, and it's agreed. going from bar to nope. bar on yeah. bikes. I don't I don't like that so much. So it was crazy crappy weather it rained oh. the whole week so a lot of the races got jacked up i know aft had two rounds scheduled they only got one in which i was at and the track was super bumpy but they got the race in which was great one of the couple of things i was excited about so they've, they've done some new restrictions on the bike so the last what three or four years since indian really came in they've been blowing everybody away so now they have restricted plates on the indian so there's a lot more tight racing so like jd beach who's on a mm-hmm. yamaha was very very competitive this this race He's such a great rider, but the Indians are just, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was really excited about was uh, Royal Enfield has a entry in the premier event now. And the Royal Enfield rider, I forget his name, but came in, I think, fifth. But I'm was, guessing it's not a meteor. No, it's a, no, it's a, it's a, it's a 650. It's a Continental yeah. GT. It is a meteor, though. <laughs> so, but, you know, in the top five, you had uh, KT, well, in, on the premier class, you had, um, you know, Indian Harley, um, Royal Enfield and uh, Yamaha. Well, I'm going to briefly stop you there because a lot of people are like, hang on, wait a minute, wait. Royal Enfield, Royal Enfield. Ro-. What has happened that Royal Enfield is suddenly like this? And what's actually happened in Royal Enfield, it's just been taken over by the owner's son. Oh. So Royal Enfield is currently being navigated by a 41-year-old. That's great. Like, very tech-savvy very hip guy. He's got long hair. He wears his sandals, you know. And he's the one who's kind of driving this. Yeah. Well, and when Melissa was on her show, she talked about this, about how it's, they're just a basic machine that anyone can work on and learn to build and tune because it's just a very basic machine. Right. And it's perfect for flat track. No disparaging flat. It's perfect for flat track. Yeah, yeah, Lynn. How come you weren't there? I know for a fact you like going to the races. I do love going to the races. Um, just there's just too much to do. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not enough time. Too much to do. <laughs> so it was it was an amazing time. So you know, AFT is in Texas. I think this weekend they'll eventually be out here for the Sacramento Mile, which I'm definitely going to, and they'll be back in Volusia, which I'm planning another trip back to Daytona for that. So um, yeah, so it's it's great. I had a great you, time. You're there. all over the place. I know. I'm this trying to be year. like you, Liza. I know. You just you just got your tickets to Vintage Days. I did. Too. Come on, baby. Go to Vintage yes. Motors Days with us. Yes. Um, Greg, you should go. Have you been? I have not been out there. Oh, my God. You should go with us. Yeah. All kinds of things for your thrift corner you can find out yeah. there. Yeah, no, I believe it. Yeah, it'll change your life. <laughs> it will absolutely change your life. Yeah. It's Very pretty. Cool. We'll strap a firecracker on your naked head and right. make you, uh, <laughs> do a burnout. No, Haley offered to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. She would mm-hmm. look better than Greg. Yes, Lynn? Don't forget that uh, Triumph won the Daytona 200. 
Oh, they did. That's right. I missed the 200 because I just couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get there. But yeah. Well, because it was raining. It was. And British things do run better in the rain. <laughs> did you know that? Well, and it's also mm-hmm. MotoGP season, so True. that's super mm-hmm. exciting. It is race season right now. So. Oh, shit. Some of the racing out of Daytona, that is a oh, wild yeah. ride. Yeah. Yeah. Let me yeah, those banks are, are insane. And when they crash, yeah. they just keep sliding. Yeah. They just keep well, you know, going. True. Liza, who is my hero of all above all else? Barry Spencer. Barry Sheen. Barry Sheen. Ah, damn it. 1975, <laughs> Barry Sheen went down yeah. at Daytona. Yeah. The fastest recorded crash in history. How much? How fast? 172. Ouch. And did he do three loops before he came to a stop? Well, he, you know, the x-rays of his legs, he looked like an erector set after that. <laughs> oh, he had he's a actually lot still of, sliding, Liza. Yeah. Oh <laughs> to this day, dear Barry. But yeah, it's um, it's a wild ride out there. And MotoGP is looking awesome this year. Mm-hmm. So it's there's it's a lot of parody right now up top. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I know you're pumped. a fiend for MotoGP, Love it, love it, love it, love it. Yes. Well, oh, now I have to ask, Greg, are you going to be attending any events this year? So we usually do Laguna Seca. Yeah. Um, in July. In July. Those races, we usually do Sonoma. Mm-hmm. As well, we've done that one. Motor America. Uh, have not done that one yet. I know mm-hmm. it's on our list. Uh, Ed, again, my parts manager, is all about it. He's mm-hmm. usually pushing the driving force behind that. Um, but then we do a lot of the off-road, the dirt. It is the one that uh, we ran into in on Vegas. The way, on the way to yes. 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 Yeah. Exactly. yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He was in Vegas at one of the AIM Expo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were there. Yeah. My brother was there, but he was probably in the casinos. Yeah. Uh, we were behaving actually quite well for us. The here's, time? A, here's a top tip for you, Greg. In July, if you go to Laguna Seca and you see any misfits coming towards you, because we tend to travel en masse at these events, mm-hmm. we usually manage to bluff a few breast. Uh, Breasts? Breast passes. <laughs> press passes. I want a um, breast pass. I know you do. And you will, won't get one. Um, just go the other way. Just ignore well, us and move the other way. Unless you got breast passes. You, you want one of those. Because we will probably be drunk you and said that looking for more things to drink. You, you said we're well behaved. Three out of four misfits ended up in a fetal position at one point or another. Okay. Yeah. I'm oh! Not, I'm not saying who. Yes. <laughs> Hey, a hot shot. <laughs> um, hey, Lynn, how about you? What Are you attending any events or races this year? I'm going to try to get to the Moto America race at Barber. Mm. Oh, that's so fun. That's one of my bucket list places. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's a world-class museum. Yeah. That is for sure. And Moto America right now, that is wild racing. Those guys are just off the charts nuts. I'd say that that's probably the most competitive racing right now you can see. Moto I think so. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I know Cam, Cam Bobbio is doing really well up in Moto2. Also. But they're just wild. Yeah. Hey, hey, Lynn, you want to go on a trip to Pakistan? That would be so fun. I've, I've got a women's group going in September. I've got a co-ed group. Join us. We'll take you, too. And he's out, he's his trip is going in May June, June. June. My trip is going in September. If you're interested, Greg, let you want to go know. Pakistan with me and ride okay. in the Himalayas? Hey, why not? Um, yeah. And cool. Emma's trip to Italy is already full. Well, no, I think there may be one or two oh, places good. left. A couple spots. Where, I mean, you know, it's it's not it's not closed until Cat mm. says it's closed. Yes, that's true. And. Mason, how about you? What events are you planning to go to this year? Uh, luckily, I have a work trip going to Slovenia, so I'm extending it by a week and riding down the Croatian coast and up into the Dolomites. <laughs> oh, shut up, really. Yeah. 
You're going to be in the Dolomites too? Mm-hmm. Not at the same time You as should them, be in huh? Pakistan with uh, me too. 18th through the 23rd. Of, of what month? June. Oh, you can't go to I'm Pakistan. I'm sorry, 20... Uh, yeah, yeah, 18th through the 23rd. And Emma, you're going to be in July, August. End of July. Yeah, end of July. Not August. The trip... Um, the first day of the trip is the 24th. Well, they'll be there during yeah, Vintage Motorcycle. And we, yeah, 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 we yeah. fly back on the 29th. So much, so much going on. Yes, yeah, so be much, so a, much motorbike you stuff. You know, this is going to be such a big year for everyone, which is why, Greg, I want you to have events there. It is on the But agenda. also, let me know if you want to do something. We could do a, a could Misfits do a, thing. Or a Big there. Thumpers event there. Right. There you go. Or, yeah. you know, just any group rides, reach out to the community and we'll join you on the group rides. Or I would we, be happy to help you organize the group We promise yeah. we won't misbehave like last time. <laughs> it won't be <laughs> like last time. Uh, we won't have any guns pulled on us next yeah. Yeah. We're not like yeah. the others. Um, hey, you guys, we, we got uh, some time before we wrap up to get to some emails. Emma, you have a few. God, do you want me to read all three? Because I handed one over I know, to Greg, and I know. you made me take because it back. Because they're for you. Oh, God. So go ahead. Read yours. The first one is from Leon Bowles. It hey, might Leon. be Leon Bowles, Leon. actually. No, Leon Bowles. Leon Bridges. Is Emma Darling. Oh, here we go. Starts off on the right foot immediately. <laughs> yeah. You are amazing. I like this. <laughs> I just love your motorcycle knowledge. Podcast 462, when you were teaching us about the history of choppers, And you told the real story of the Captain America bike. Well, we're not going to rehash that here. Years back, there was an article in some biker magazine that I had long forgotten, and they were talking about who built it and what happened to it. So I just Googled that shit and found an article from 2021. Yeah, the Captain America bike is the world's most expensive motorcycle, but it has a confusing past. Let's recap. Captain America bike starred in Easy Rider. It is probably the most recognized bike in the world. For the longest time, Peter Fonda said he built it. He didn't. It was built by a black guy out of Los Angeles called um, Sonny Vores. Really? Yep. And it wasn't given credit. We kind of explored maybe why and whatever, but... I have an interesting... uh... But there are knockoffs out there, and I believe the original might be at... It's either at Barber or it's in... Actually, it might be at the Peterson. In Santa... No, L.A. L.A. Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall. But there's tons of, there's there's well, quite a few knockoffs. Out I, there. I have I have an addition to that. Oh, do you? So you you guys may have noticed I have a few miniature motorcycles. Just One or two. two. Well, in fact, the Easy Rider was made by Franklin Mint and is one of the most expensive and hardest to find models to buy. Hmm. I have yet to get one. It's the same as the real bike. The model is very hard to get. I will have a word with Franklin himself. Thank you. All right. Go ahead. Um, And it concludes. Like always, I enjoy the show. I mostly listen to it when I'm at work on the night shift. My up the bike, up the bike is nothing special. 1985 Honda VF500 Inceptor. That's a lovely little bike. Um, I should explain for anyone who doesn't know what an Greg up the butt bike Greg is. Us too. Um, that is a bike that you look at and you go, oh, I take it up the butt for that. Greg, what's your bike? Everyone uh, has. What is your just bike. money? No object. Desirability. No object. It. What bike? 
above this all is mine else. Right here, the VR Harley VR one thousand. That's mm, that's mine. one of mine for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We really don't have a bike. But I've always been dirt bikes. Yes. So, but come so on. So which one? On. I mean, come on. What have, about an old two stroker like a brand new Honda CR five hundred? How about mm, a, a Husky one. from on any Sunday? Like 360 Husky. Ooh, the Husky Would you from take any it up Sunday. the butt for that? Yeah, yes. I think so. Everyone's got one. Anyway, <laughs> it concludes. Please give my very best to Liza Thank and you. all the other misfits. P.S. Always give it the beans, as you should. Leon. Give it the beans. Thanks, Leon. <laughs> what all a right. lovely email, Leon. All right. I got one, and then you can read your other two. Uh, this one is from Graham, who says, Hey, Misfits. Just- that- Hi, Graham. Is that Mr. Crackers to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says, just to let you know, my T-shirt arrived today. It looks really cool. You got yours yep, I yet? I got mine. Yep, Thank you. cool. John got his today. I got mine. Um, keep on doing what you do. The podcast is two hours of absolute fun that brightens up my Monday morning. Tra-la-la. I will be wearing my T-shirt as much as possible here in the UK. Oh, right. good Oh, Spreading the word and pushing the Misfits forward towards total awesome. world domination. <laughs> So I have a top tip for any Americans who are visiting the UK. So if you make the peace sign. Yes. May do it the right way. And then turn it around the other way yep. and move your hand up and down. You can gain people's attention by doing that. It means I love you, right? Yeah. <laughs> by going. And if you, if you do that to people and go, oi, wanker, you're bound to get attention Lickety split. There you go. There you go. That's a top tip. Emma top tip. tip. (laughs) All right. What you got there, Emma? Okay. Um, Hello. And this is from, uh, it's Cam. Cam Cole. Hey, Cam. Hello, dear Liza and Emma. Apparently you count for nothing, John. Nothing. (laughs) I know. No love for the stump, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Hot shot. John got the whole shot in Vegas. Oh. Thank you for another great episode of Motorcycle and Misfits. I hadn't realized how interesting chopper culture really is, especially in Japan, apparently. I watched too much Orange County Chopper stuff growing up, I think. My dad liked that show because it reminded him of us working together with my brother <laughs> as a family on race cars. Must be Italians like I him. never wanted to <laughs> celebrate or normalize or dysfunctionality, but at the time it was our family time together. Thanks also for reading part of my email on the podcast yesterday. I am eagerly awaiting a couple of history lessons from Emma about Corbin seats mm-hmm. and Vetter fairings. There you go. And I'm I'm going to do those two because, you know, Mike Corbin, Craig Vetter, they're both mm-hmm. very, very dear friends of mine. And, you know, I think we could do like two history holes like, Back-to-back about both of them. They're interesting enough subjects. Anyway, thanks again, Cam Cole. And Liza included her response to it. No, 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 you don't read that. I'm going to. No, don't. All right. right. You don't need to. It's very nice. You just said she's very kind. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You wouldn't want to ruin reputation by having something nice. John, you have one to read here? (laughs) I do. This is from Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Not Tucker Carlson, I'm assuming. (laughs) Sorry. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know how much the Misfits like on any Sunday. Yes, we do. So I thought I would share this with you. They're bringing back motorcycle Grand Prix racing to the small town. So small town USA this May. I'm sorry. Did he say Grand P? He said Grand P, but it's pre. Oh, okay. Are you? No, I thought he you said did. pre. I said P. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. It's a 40, <laughs> 40 and slip. Sorry. Uh, so 10 laps, 10 miles each lap. Ooh. Okay. They've also been posting loads of old Grand Prix. Liza, racing. 
and, and videos from the early to mid 1970s on Facebook. There's a link here. P.S. Several of the original Grand Prix uh, racers who raced it back in the 70s are going to race it this year. They have a lot more spunk than I do. Love the podcast. Hope to meet you all someday. Tucker, not Carlson. Thank you. So Jennifer. I like the idea of, of people with high blood pressure taking lots of diuretics and having a grand pee. <laughs> and who's the winner? The older you get, the more important that gets. Yes! I believe exactly. that's uh, the, the guys from Top Gear. I think that's their new show. They're, they're at that I think age so. now. It's because a grand pee. Jeremy, what, Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. What, what you don't realize, on Super Bowl Sunday, all us Brits get together. And we eat Indian food and drink beer and have super bowels Sunday. Oh, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Right, one more email. Let's get oh. out of So it. this is from Dave Osterday. Hey, Dave. And Dave is clearly signed up for Cat and Emma's Alpine Adventure. Wow, cool. um, I've been watching the Champ U training videos from Cat for the Dolomites ride. I cannot oh, yeah. believe all the contradictions I was taught via MSF classes. Also, I know you shared it on a previous show, but what is Miss Emma's Insta handle? Well, it's very, very easy, darling. My Instagram handle is Emma Booten, E-M-M-A-B-O-O-T-O-N, 1962. And when you press on that, you're going to see a picture of me sitting on my darling 47 Blue Chief. Hit on that, send me a friend request, and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> and you will treat, be treated to a lot of pictures of me posing outside the front of my shop with some quite exotic machinery. Yes. No nudity, alas. Oh. I think I shared a picture of an Aprilia with no clothes on. Uh, well, I just, I'm still blinded from the... Uh the, the show we had out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should have you done were that. Taken before. by the moment. Well, shall we say? I no, I was. You were. I couldn't help myself. Um, and I wanted to take a quick moment to say, if you haven't yet, go check out our new website. Yeah, Mason, did you check it out? I have not yet. Ah, motorcyclesandmisfits.com. It's yep. that easy. Yeah. I've got links to. Everything there, um, including now all the shirts that have gone out right. to all of our Patreon supporters are now available for sale, and you can purchase them there in our shop. And um, can we include a link to perhaps Gilroy Motorcycle Center or Greg? Yes. Does Gilroy Motorcycle Center have a website? We, we do. Well, yes. would you share that right now, please? GilroyMotorcycleCenter.com. There you go. Someone and up. I will put a link to it in the show notes. It's definitely a place. Look, if you're local and you're doing a ride, it's a great destination to go to. They got a couch. Two couches. Yeah, oh, even better. Two couches. Two couches. And coffee. And coffee. And coffee. And 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 apparently a dressing room very soon. Very <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is coming. A shocking omission. Aspirations. Get into the restroom. And John, you wanted to add. So make sure to also check out our Instagram, our YouTube channel, our Facebook. Just get on social with us. We uh, we want to be social. We're straight. everywhere. We're on the Book of Faces. We're on the Tube of Views and Instagram. We're everywhere you want to be. There you go. And I also wanted to thank um, Mason for joining us you're Thank out you. here doing this california trip and yep. first one here today came to spend the day with us <laughs> just came to hang out it was march in minnesota yeah it's a blast it's always a blast and you got here. to go for a ride in the hills jim and... took me around a hill ride oh, around here that's great so. and you got to see all the excitement that happens here see the magic well yeah. I, i'm glad you got to see some of the sort of california coastal magic because we've got a bit of everything right mm. here i mean you got the beach 
you've got the city riding, but you went up into the mountains as well. And in yep. a couple, uh, couple of days, you can uh, experience all the seasons in one day. I, I <laughs> certainly did. I got wet, yeah. pretty wet yesterday. And then, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how you get any work done around here. And Lynn, I <laughs> wanted to thank you for participating in the Rev Sisters yeah. raffle and, and part Love of the it. film festival and coming and playing a game with us um, tonight. Yep. I have a very personal message for you and your husband. Thank you for flying the flag for Britain, darling. And I will make sure you get a telegram from the Queen. I own oh. two of them myself. I'm I'm definitely a homer, so you had my heart there at Triumph. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So um, we're going to sign out now for most of the people here in the room don't know what's about to happen, so you're going to figure it out. So thank you, everyone, especially our Patreon subscribers. Hopefully you're getting those shirts. Send us your pictures on Facebook or Instagram of you and the shirt. I want to see them out there. But, yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, Can we open up any more Ask My Summer slots? Uh, there may still be some. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're good for now. I think there may be some. I'll check. Yeah, open up one if if right. if we full open up another one. All right, you can do so it. Ask the stump spot. You have you, you have one you need to answer right now. Actually. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. I think Ooh, it's time would you like get... me to answer that one right no, now? No, not right now. Thank you. <laughs> We're getting out of here. This is Eliza. Stumpy John. Emma Darling. Greg. Mason. Bagel. Alan. Yes, she did. Yeah. 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 And we are out of here. Cool. 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 cool.